like I say, originally I, I always wanted to just be an actor, but then singing came on board, and then I realised doing musicals I could do both acting and singing at the same time. And so. when you've got a voice like Tom, when you've oh. got a voice like you, it'd be, it'd be a shame to just do telly, wouldn't it? Oh, <laughs> you know, that's probably the most glowing thing that Leah said to me in the two years of knowing him. So can I have that snippet, what I he do. just said? We can make that your ringtone when he calls Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to get your email after this and you can send me that. <laughs> that's right. My alarm clock. Two artists walk into a bar. Now stop me if you've heard this one. Listen in as artists and creators talk over drinks about their work, life, and the creative journey. Thanks for tuning in to Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. I'm your host artist, Carol McQuaid. This week, we're in a bar, but not your average bar. We're on the high seas. I'm meeting up with four members of the Barricade Boys, a group of performers who connected playing various versions of Les Mis in London's West End. They've each had wild careers, doing everything from TV shows to being pop sensations in Poland. But this week, they're performing their incredible harmonies on board the amazing Queen Elizabeth as we sail somewhere between Stockholm and London. I'm the onboard art instructor this month, giving me a great opportunity to hang with some pretty interesting artists, both in port and at sea. You'll find links to all the things we talk about on our show notes at twoartistswalkintoabar.com. If you like the show, hit the subscribe button and forward it to your arty friends. And if you love the show, head to the website where you can click on the martini glass icon and send us our next round. Now come listen in as the boys and I talk about growing up in the British theatre scene, all the different adventures and side hustles they have going, and what it really takes to gel as a group, both on stage and off. Cheers. So here we are. This is a bit of an unusual show. Instead of two artists walking into a bar, we are five artists walking into a bar. And so fun because we're sitting here in the Commodore Club on the Queen Elizabeth. And I am with the four singers from the Barricade Boys. And the last time I did one of these gigs on the cruise ship, you guys performed. And I have to say, I told you the other day in the elevator, it was the only time I actually went to the theater twice to see the same show twice Amazing. because it just totally blew me away. So, wow. yeah, awesome. So tell me, how did you guys end up becoming a group together? We all met through the West End of London doing jobs in the West End, but we'd all been in Les Mis in one way or the other, whether it be the movie, uh, the West End, or the international tour. Um, so we, we all met through that. We were all friends beforehand anyway. And because we done the done the show, uh, we it allowed us to create this group. Obviously, the Barricade Boys, being the boys who have died on the barricades in the, in the show and on the movie, we came up with the name, the Barricade Boys, and here we are. Excellent. So. And so, longtime friends before that as well. Yeah, some have obviously come in from the very beginning, and some have come in as because obviously it's it's impossible uh, for four boys who are all still working in the business in London and wherever, and touring the world, that we'd, we'd always stick together as one four. We're always going to have to have a backup because some people will be getting other work. Some people are doing West End shows while we're still out here right now. So, um, but no, we, we've all, we are all friends to begin with and we're all friends as, as we go through the process and it's... It's actually nice. To well, we are friends until like four days in on the cruise and then we all just like, <laughs> yeah, right, right, we need his own space now. <laughs> that's it. We're but, early days right now, though, so we should right, be good. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll no, it's, it is lovely to do it 
and do the show with your friends right. as well. You, we we all we all get on. It's like four four best friends doing a show. Yeah. So nice. And we're here with Tom, Rob, John, and Lee. And when you are doing other shows, how many Barricade Boys are there? So there's um, there are about twelve of us. Um, and like Rob said, it's impossible to keep us all together. So what? There, there are four boys. So you got to imagine we're all on this on this one here. There's four of us, but we're all on different lines. So I'm the I'm one of the lower lines, and, and the other boys high, go up higher. So there's three. It's essentially three of me. Yeah. Um, to go around, and it, it goes around that way. And I essentially I've, one of the other boys groups. They've just joined another ship uh, today, so they're on the celebrity silhouette, I think. So um, yeah. So there's about twelve of us. Uh, we jump in and out, and it's it, it's better that way it, for us anyway, because um, it just keeps it fresh. So. To, to, to do it with the same four every time, it, you, you, you get into a routine. and Whereas I think for us, we like to have a, an edge about us, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So you're, so you're fresh every time you come in and, and you get breaks and the, and the uh, ship still gets the amazing well, show. And as well, as well we're, we're, we're so busy at the moment. So whereas there's essentially almost somebody out at every single day of this year. We are gracing so, the seas all over the world. That's is what's right, happening. yeah. So... You know, a lot of us have partners at home, so like me personally, I, I kind of like to do maybe two to possibly three weeks of a month because I need that time at home just to kind of recharge my batteries, you know? Yeah, for sure. And to recover from the uh, from the constant dining on board, I would think, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. No <laughs> calories at sea, Carol. Yeah. Oh, I like that rule. <laughs> no calories at sea. <laughs> I'm never getting off this ship. <laughs> so there are different um is it very much like a barbershop setup where you'll have you'll have the four different voices and each of you knows that part and then you sub in and out yes yeah, yeah. and what other shows have you been doing when oh, you're wow. on land over the years uh, me me personally um i started as as an 11 year old uh, and my first ever show was les miserables oh. i played uh, the street urchin gavroche to start with and uh, my my kind of love of theatre kind of grew from there and from then on I went and did um, played Oliver in the London Palladium, played Oliver. Uh, as a child I did the original cast of Whistles on the Wind and then I took three years out to do some more training. So I went to um, uh, a stage school, a theatre school, got my degree in musical theatre and from then on I've I've done, oh, I don't know, I feel, it feels a bit embarrassing kind of yeah, going this, this, is, this, this is my CV but you know shows I'm proud of, uh, Mamma Mia, a high school musical, Mamma Mia movie. Uh, Book of Mormon, Thoroughly Modern Millie, Hair, and a few others. Wow, that's the full slate. I've been been busy, yeah. I've been busy. And, John, you were in the film version, were you? I I wasn't actually in the film. I was in in the West End version. I did work on the film version. I did a bit of um, behind the scenes, like a lot of the singing for for, uh, all of the scenes. Unfortunately, the, 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 the story of the film is I, was, I actually did audition for the film and apparently the, um, from the casting director, I, there were two, sort, two sets of casts for the students. There was a, a, a younger set of lads who had been cast and then there was a slightly older set of lads who, were, who had also been like, uh, penciled in to do the films. And unfortunately, I fell in the older category, and the uh, the producers <laughs> and the director wanted the guys that looked a lot younger. So, so yeah, I was apparently I was I was slated for one of the lead roles, and and it and I was taken out of it because of my age. So, but that, you know, that's that is the life, and that's the business. <laughs> yes. I was going to say that's so rare in show business that that would happen. <laughs> that's right. Hey, hey. And what other shows have you worked on? Uh, well, I started out being a telly boy. Actually, I was I was a, a TV actor for for so many years. I was in 
a big northern drama called Waterloo Road, which was on BBC uh, for five years. And then I did Holby City for a bit. Uh, then I did a reality program called The Voice. Um, and ah. then, and then, and then, yeah, theatre because um, I, I, like I say, originally I, I always wanted to just be an actor, but then singing came on board, and then I realised doing musicals I could do both acting and singing at the same time. And so when you've got a voice like Tom, when oh. you've got a voice like you, it'd be, it'd be a shame to just do telly, wouldn't it? Oh, <laughs> you know that's probably the most glowing thing that Leah said to me in the two years of knowing him. So can I have a bit? Of, can I have that snippet? What I he's do. just said, so I, I can do, listen I to it every bully, morning. I do bully Tom, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. We can make that your ringtone when he calls Absolutely. you. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get your email after this, and you can send me that. That's right. My alarm clock. Sorry, mate. <laughs> um, I, uh, I actually, my West End, two shows I've done in the West End have been plays. So I did uh, a Lewis Carroll play called Phantasmagoria, which was a one-man show. So uh, I was lucky enough to, to have my debut doing that. And then from that, I got another play again, which was a, a Charles Dickens novel uh, called The Gentleman for Nowhere. And then... Uh, I did Wind in the Willows, and then I've just luckily finished playing JFK in a brand new musical um, creation about the affair of JFK and Marilyn Monroe, and whether it was all, what was going on is all real and the, the, the superstitions were correct, and it was just exploring all the, those ideas. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, but while we're not doing that, we do this. Yeah. So I have to know is is it a singing JFK? Uh, it, yes, it was. Yes, <laughs> JFK. JFK had a lovely voice. <laughs> had a really lovely voice. That's uh, not something you hear a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. He sang quite a lot in this one as well. Uh, but it was uh, it was fine. It was a good show. Um, we did it. We did it as best as we could. Um, but because it's obviously when a new musical comes about, you have to workshop it for sometimes years and years and years before it can even go anywhere Um, and this was the very first workshop of this musical so who knows it might be coming back next year maybe so we'll see yeah and the theatre scene in London is just so rich is it do you find that there is a lot of work when you are at your level is it like oh yay I got this or is it is there tons of opportunity? Is it very limited? It, it, it changes. It really varies quite a lot. I mean, now we're seeing that um, the, the musical theatre like scene change completely with Hamilton coming out. Um, it just creates, you know, opens doors for different types of singers. Because I'm not really known as a legit singer in musical theatre. Um, so, I heard you. I can't believe that, but go on. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm not compared to, like, you know, jo- John, who's a fantastic legit singer. You know, he's he's, he's, he's a one to learn from, actually. Um there you go, mate. There's a little compliment. You There's can have that snippet tone. later. Um, We're compliments for each other, yeah. Though, aren't we? But I th- I, like I say, I, the scene just constantly changing. So you can get like I don't know six months where you haven't got one audition because they act right for you, and then all of a sudden you can get five within two weeks. I think I think the thing as well is um, there, there's, there's there's there are a lot of opportunities, um, and there are a lot of fantastic shows that we'd all that we, we'd all love to be in and have been in. But there's also a lot of fantastic actors out there, and there's more and more people graduating from college every year. I think I think the statistic is something like there's 11,000 people in the UK who graduate from some kind of performing yeah, arts uh, college or degree or school every year. So, and there's not that many jobs available when you consider that amount of people who are joining every year compared to people who are still in it. So then it just you've got to be you've you've, you've got to be at the top of your game. One, you've got to be lucky. Yeah. Two, you've got to be at the right place at the right time because, you know, say you're in a contract and the job that you think you're perfect for it just starts casting, but you've still got six months left on your, on your contract. 
that you then can't go for it because it's you're not in that in that um, you know the yearly yearly cast change. So there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of things that kind of make it easier and also but also make it harder if that makes sense. You have to be good to work with as well. Like people want to work with people that they get on with. Oh so yeah, obviously that's, that's you know that's thing. that's one of the hugest things. You know, you can be a fantastic person, but if you're not performer or, or, or actor, but if, if you know if you're if you're not nice and, and agreeable with it pe- you know people you know that's why we get on so well you know we, we get people that we all get along with we have a good time and then it makes it more enjoyable because that comes across when you're on stage if you're doing it with people that you get on with yeah, and well, you're and, enjoying it and, and casting directors yeah, casting yeah, directors course, and directors yeah. they 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 all talk to each other so they know if you're a good cast member and you know and you're reliable so you're not you're not ill or injured all the time all these factors come into mm-hmm. it doesn't it right. yeah I would, I heard you sing the other night. I was blown away. I would love for our listeners to have a little taste of what it's like to hear you. Are you guys up for a little? Uh... <laughs> should, we just do, should we just do like the end of Dream to Dream? And Still I Dream? Yeah. And Still I Dream. Yeah. Still I Dream. All right. Six, seven, eight. And Still I Dream shall come to me. That we will live the years together But there are dreams that cannot be And there are storms we cannot weather How's that? How's that? How's that? that? Does that sound alright? It sounds so good. (laughs) I forgot there were other people here. (laughs) That is so nice. Bless you. what kind of training goes into what you do? You you mentioned going to some kind of performance school, but this must start very early in your lives. Where where well, did it all come from? I mean, there's a lot of different. I think there's a lot of different stories. I think it mainly starts like in, in anything is influenced by you know like footballers. You know, gr- growing up, you know, pe- people can be influenced by a certain football. I think for me, mine was in the performing world was was Michael Jackson, the old classic. You know, MJ. It was it was great. Um, yours. Oh, we know yours is. Well, Here we go. Well, no, my 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 career was completely different. I was a I was a I was a late starter, shall we say. So, as I was growing up, I I I played a lot of football. Played football for a team back in up north in England, and then I also played county for my for, uh, county cricket as well. So my life was going towards sport, and I, I always took part in school choirs and stuff like this, but sport was my life like I, I, every day I was training every day um, I was actually quite physically fit as well believe it or not <laughs> back in the day uh, and I could I that was my life and then as as I was growing older the other boys who I played with the other guys they were all getting better and I wasn't and it, it was a, a decision in my life where I was like I'm just not progressing like these guys so when I was at school, believe it, there was a there was a teacher at school who basically said, "You know what? You've got a lovely voice. Why don't you come and audition for The Wizard of Oz?" So I was 17 years old at college, and I auditioned for The Tin Man, and I got the part of Tin Man. And from then, I've never done anything else. But like you said, we we're talking about influences, that there's a, a British singer called Robbie Williams, <laughs> and Robbie Williams to me when I was growing up was was a true entertainer. I, I wanted to be Robbie Williams. 
So uh, I used to, that's what made me sing and that's what made me think I could become an entertainer. Even though I was doing all the sports as well alongside, I still took part in talent shows and stuff like that. But then I didn't go to drama school in London until I was 21. So again, I, I, was, I was at home, couldn't get into drama schools because it's so, as well, so competitive to get into the school in the first place. It took me three years to actually get into a school. So I, I mean, it also got to a point in that third year where if I didn't get into a school, I wouldn't have even bothered again. It, it, it got to a point where I was like, you know what? It's not gonna happen for me. I might as well stick to my builder's job that I had at home, you know, laying bricks, making houses and make a life of that. And then thankfully I, I got into a school and trained and and my life has, I've been working ever since, which is yeah. nice um, in this industry. So, but it's not always, if anyone, everyone is listening who thinks they're not too late to do it. I mean, I was 21 when I started doing it properly. So it's all, there's always time to to start that's so you've had them two uh, the late bloomers and now you've got us yeah. two who have always loved it yeah 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 well i i sort of sport and sport and uh, drama goes hand in hand because i i was actually offered a place a place called the lily lily school of excellence which is a football academy in england and at the same time i was offered a music scholarship to a quite a prestigious uh, public school in england and my parents being musicians and you know getting these school fees paid for for, for a lot of for free, pushed me in the direction of of, uh, of the music school, and uh, yeah, and I and I grew up and I went to a place called the Royal Northern College of Music, and I trained as an opera singer before, but I always had acting in my blood. So I came down to London and went to a place called the Royal Academy of Music, and I did a one-year musical theatre course, graduated from that, and then went straight into Les Mis, and then never never looked back after that. And yeah, absolutely loved it. And, and how old were you when you first did Les Mis? When I was, so I was 23 when I came out of college, so it would have been about 23. Yeah. And, and across the road, we had Lee, who was in Mamma Mia. <laughs> and at the time, we were, it was Mamma Mia versus Les Mis. We, used to, we actually used to play football together a lot. And, yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> back and, who, in the and who was the best team? <laughs> I can't say Les Mis. Hello, no, like, Because you know, you know it wasn't. <laughs> they had the star player. Maybe, they, maybe, maybe Mamma Mia won more times. Yeah. <laughs> we did. Uh, yeah, and for me, I mean, I touched on it earlier. I, I, started, um, I started really young. Um, again, I was into sport as well as, as a kid. I'm being British, I suppose we all are. But I... Yeah, my, my sister did adverts and commercials, and I, I was about 11, and um, randomly I went up one day with her on the train. I, I come from Swansea, and um, it's a little city in South Wales, and you have to travel up to London, which is about a three, four-hour train journey, and it, it must have been a summer holiday or something, so I went up for the, for the ride, and I went into the agency that my sister was with, and um, they met me and said, can you sing? And I said, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, I sang a song, and then that day they sent me to an audition for Les Miserables. Uh, for Gavroche and I got it and I didn't even know what I was what I got you know I'd, I'd never seen the show I they just said sing this song so I sung it and you know I was a bit cheeky with it because that Gavroche is a bit cheeky and that was it so then like three four weeks later I'm starting to re rehearsals for this for this West End show which is so prestigious and it had just finished the 10th anniversary concert which was back in 96 or 97 and um, so I'm rehearsing for this thing that I had no idea what that was wow so and I remember the first night my parents were in the audience and there's a moment in in the show it's called look down and it's 10 years later and little Gavroche that it's the first time you see um, the uh, kind of half barricade right yeah. so it's up and it's in the in the city of of, uh, of Paris 
and there's this little moment where he just runs out from behind one of the half barricades and just goes straight to the audience goes how do you do my name's Gavroche and I would never been so nervous in my life like I didn't know what I didn't know what to expect I've, I've, I performed that on the stage with an empty audience but to go out there and it's black it's a black but you can't see anything out there and I, I got through it and um I'm, after that first night, I mean, just like, even thinking about it now, I'm a little bit yeah. rub, rubbing my arms a bit. Um, even after that first night, I was like, oh, this is this is what I'm supposed to do. So kind of knowing what you want to do from the age of 11 is, an in, is a really strange feeling. And because of that, I then went to a stage school uh, in, in London. So I, I left home. I left home at 11. Uh, Mum and dad stayed at home in Swansea, and I just lived with a family who were a beautiful family, like my second family now. And I was in a really a brilliant school called Silver Young Theatre School, uh, uh, in the same year as Amy Winehouse, the singer, was in oh, my year, wow. randomly. And some other uh, famous artists, Billy Piper, who's a very famous British actor. Um, you know, we did, it was a stage school. So like you did three days vocational, two day, sorry, three days academic, two days vocational. And then they, they just chuck you out to auditions. They take you out of your geography class. So I've got no education. <laughs> but so, so if, just keep singing. So yeah. So if, this did, if so, so if this didn't work, then I don't know what I'd do. Uh, and I've kind of just gone through and through and through, and I've known nothing else in my life, really. So slightly different to the boys, but... Right. Yeah. But what a gift to know where you're headed at that young... We had a couple of days in London on our way through, and right. we did catch a couple of shows. One of them was Kinky Boots. Oh, it's great, isn't it, Kinky and, Boots? And two children in it. And I was wondering what that life was like for them, like how often the same kids are out there. And so so there's, there's normally two sets. So you'll do half, you'll do half a week each. Mm-hmm. So, and you never want to do the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because that's the boring one. Everybody wants the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because you've got the matinee there, and it's a busier crowd, and it's just a a bigger like hubbub about it right um normally sometimes there's three casts mm-hmm. uh, three casts of children and they essentially do i don't know if it's changed now because it was a long time ago when i was a child actor but they essentially do a, about a six-month contract and they get paid well you yeah. know it wasn't like oh just some kids will pay them nothing i mean yeah i was earning a decent wage at 11 yeah. and 12 you know yeah nice yeah <laughs> i had nothing to do with it until yeah. i was 16 and i blew it all <laughs> That's so unusual for a child actor, no? Yeah, right. Yeah. Macaulay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Pretty standard. Um, And now, there's got to be, like, you you felt that rush when you were 11. You guys have been doing this for a while. You've got lots of, um, it sounds like you're constantly working. Mm -hmm. Do you still get that rush when you head out on stage? How does that feel? Yeah, I I think adrenaline is probably the... It, that takes over you straight away, and that and that's what you, when your performance kicks in massively. I mean, you can rehearse and rehearse and rehearse, but when there's a live audience, it, you perform. You, you know, naturally, your performance just goes up hundred, you know, percent. Um, so yeah, that's we we do it for that, for the end product, which is the the, the clapping that you know the people come up to you, like like on this cruise. You know, we've had loads of people come up to us going, you know, we've loved your show, and that's what you do it for ultimately. Um, and it's lucky that we can do a job where you, where you get that sort of praise. Because I think if we went to do a normal job, like my my fiance now does a normal job, and she actually struggles with not getting a pat on the back all the time, and you know, whereas we actually kind of like that, I think, yeah. deep down. And was she in theatre previously? Yeah, or? yeah. So we we met in uh, do, doing a show actually, and she was a choreographer, and I was uh, playing Dick Whittington in a, in a pantomime, um, and yeah, we met doing that. Yeah, so. yeah. I would think that transition would be really difficult. Like you, if you're 
you know, if yeah. you're selling retail, you, you don't finish the sale and people yeah. stand up and, yeah. and clap. It would I'm, be I'm, a I remember a boss is like in, in the first normal job, if you like, mm-hmm. coming up to me at the, at the Christmas party because I got invited saying, look, Claire's great, she's great, but she just wants um, an arm around her saying that she's done a good job all the time. And I said, well, you've got to look at it from her point of view. She's been you know, do, doing an acting performing career since she can remember and now she's doing a normal job for the first time. So I, I can, you know, relate to that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you get out there, you still get the rush, you get the feeling, and I would think with the kind of performing you're doing, you've got to really take care of your voice. You're probably doing a lot of warm-up doing. How do you handle that? How do you keep your instrument strong and functioning? I think consistency. Um, yeah, I think, I think singing all the time yeah. helps. What's, I think what's interesting is that when you do a musical, um, you, you only probably sing if you're in an actual show, a three-hour show, probably only singing for about 30, 40 minutes of that, if not lame is obviously, because yeah. that's, uh, that's all sung through, but for example, Book of Mormon, which was one of the show I did, I was only actually singing for about 30 minutes of that three hour show. Um, and you, your voice just says, with the croak in his voice, <laughs> <coughs> your voice um, just gets used to that. And when we started doing this, which is nonstop singing 45 minutes, I mean, at the top of all of our range ranges as well, that, that took a while mm. to kind of bed in to kind of go okay I remember that sometimes on a ship we do two shows a night that second show early on two years ago was hard like it was very I mean no matter how much warming up you're doing I sometimes in between shows I'd go into the shower just to steam just to kind of get some some moisture into into my into my voice but um yeah I think you just the more you do something the the better it becomes and the and the easier it becomes but um, we all warm up, of course, yeah. we all warm up. I and mean, we also get a sound check with the band the day before we do a show. So that essentially is half of our warm up done anyway. So then it's about keeping the voice warm in that two hour break before you do your show. That's right. It, you'll, also find, you'll also find that, so me and Lee are lucky enough as well that when we're on land, we do a, a, a Jersey Boys show as well. So I, I'm lucky enough, well, same as Tom, to sing Frankie Valley in the Jersey Boys show. But what you'll find is because the placement of of the whole set is in a completely different place, when you come back to doing a show like this, it, it the transition of the place from being so high to here to low to there, it, it's difficult. But if you keep on doing it, like me and we've, we've all been doing it now for the last few weeks, your voice is already in that place where you know it's comfortable, you know you're going to be fine because because you've been doing it all week, your voice is already in that place to go, right, it's muscle memory. And your muscle memory will, will play a big part of knowing when to relax, knowing when to maybe not go full out when, when we're all singing as a four yeah, together. Trust, trust the you, mic. Trust the microphone, trust each other's boys, listen to each of us as well. If you, if you listen to each of the boys, you know whether you're a bit quieter than them or whether I need to go a bit closer to the mic or... it. it, it I think as well, it, it's doing it for so long as well. You pick these little traits up yeah. to know this is how to reserve your voice for the next show. You know? and, I'm, and I'm sure as well that for every single one of us here now, there is a moment in this set, in the set that we did for you the other day, that all of us go, all right, here it comes. Here's the, here's the moment. Mm-hmm. For me personally, it's, it's a bit in Blues Brothers that it's the highest note I hit, which is a B, which the other boys, I'm the lowest boy, but the other boys sing pretty high. And I and it's luckily it's early on in the show, so I go right. If that comes now, if I if I if this comes and this is lovely, I go. I'm in for a lovely show. But if I have to if I have to if I have to push through it, 
I then get a bit of stress for yeah. the next like 45 minutes <laughs> of the set, and I go, oh no, it wasn't perfect. And then and then I spend the rest of the the rest of the set trying to rectify that. It like like that would help, and it of course it doesn't. Yeah. And it never, never sounds bad, but yeah. I just go that was harder than I wanted it to be. Every every, every singer and every performer, the, they are the most paranoid about um, your voice. The the voice. Everyone, I think you. I mean, I, I remember working with um, a big, big musical theatre actress in London called Louise Damon. She was, she's probably the the, the best, if not, the, yeah, the best uh, female singer in London. And she was so paranoid about her voice um, before she was in that. But I think it, it, at the end of the day, it's a muscle, mm-hmm. is, is is your vocal cords. It's a muscle, and people have different techniques in in, in how they preserve it and look after it. Uh, mine, it's drinking room temperature water. Um, other people, manuka honey. You know, people just find stuff which the Leeds beer. Uh, <laughs> uh, people, people just find different stuff to, which, which which helps them through it. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of it's actually psychological as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah just much. getting in the game and yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. Well, it just I mean it works beautifully for me. The highlight I, I come from a I come from a musical family, but not right. the way you guys do it. Uh, we all you know yeah. <laughs> My husband likes it. Uh, after dinner, all the guitars come out. Everybody sings, oh, nice. and uh, and it is. Um, when are we coming? When are we coming <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like You're gonna love it. I'm gonna. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It would be great to have you. It's um, it's really, really fun, and none of us have taken it very seriously. A couple yeah. of my brothers were bar singers for a long time, but now the next generation is coming, yeah. and as they've come up, we all start. Nobody has natural talent and you work it work it work it and it's been fun to watch one nephew has really taken it far done a lot of vocal training and when you guys sang um bohemian rhapsody the other night it uh his thing is queen so he's a bar singer sings all the songs you would expect and then all of a sudden you know he's drinking tea and Mm -hmm. and taking care of himself and he just nails uh Killer Queen and one other Queen song and and uh, and so it was a huge thrill for me to hear you guys do the Queen song and I have never heard anybody do it the way that you oh, did it like no, that was phrase. that was just it, doors off like I know how hard it is from watching him yeah, train to do that but so hard like yeah. you know we we come on a ship uh, and the the band that we work with they get our they get our sheet music that day so they they haven't had much time to kind of play stuff play it to look around at it. So there's a lot of trust that goes in, but with that song in particular, if one thing goes wrong, from anyone, like from either one of us four, if one of us hits a bum note or or even even a piano note just goes, that's not where you want it to be, especially in the fast bit when you go into, I see a little silhouette from that moment on. It's like everyone just you have to zone in, and there's yeah. been there's been times that it's been close to just collapsing because it that's if one thing goes wrong it will collapse mm. and it would be very very embarrassing yeah really embarrassing yeah i would think if the wheels if the wheels mm. come off they're coming right off yeah. but it but it, it, happens, uh, it boys? no <laughs> it's also it's also probably the the two years we've been doing it it's the only song still where you are a hundred percent concentrating on everything you do oh i personally anyway yeah I, yeah no you, you, the concentration is ridiculous just because that now that is again having to listen to where the band are and the rest of the boys because if you're out of time like lee says it will just go wrong yeah um so the concentration i mean that's that's when your face goes i think i think i think we're quite lucky in that um we 
in our set, just before we do Bohemian Rhapsody, we sing Bring Him Home, which is a, a four-part harmony and our unique version of it. But that is, we've just finished, before we do Bring Him Home, we've just finished uh, Jersey Boys. And it's the, we, I think it's, I've never thought about it this way, but it's, I suppose it's a really good time for Bring Him Home to kind of get that moment where you go, all right, let's all settle down now. And it, like Bring Him Home is also a difficult song to sing, but it's a, but it's a calm-ish song. So it kind of your adrenaline, you bring that adrenaline down and you just kind of get yourself grounded, ready for Bohemian Rhapsody. And yeah, the first four notes of that, you, we get we get bell notes. It goes bing, 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 bing. And once once we've got them four notes, there is silence. There, nobody ever messes around. Not that we mess around, but we, we have fun on stage. But that's when, not the fun stops, but that's when we go, right, here we go. If this 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 is this is the one that hopefully gets us through to one day more, which is another uh, lame song, which we love singing as well. Yeah, your whole your repertoire is is beautifully put together, and the physical part of your show is just feels really authentic and awesome. Like it never feels staged. And yeah. and how has that been to to incorporate the? I mean, we've been <clears throat> we, we we all differ. Uh, um, with regards to our movements, about how our ability in movements. Um, but we, there's a saying that the, the guys who created the show, uh, Scott Garnham and Simon Schofield, they, they say, which I love, they always say about how we portray ourselves on stage is um, we take the work seriously, but we don't take ourselves seriously on stage. Um, and we, we try to, we try to have, well, we, we do have fun on stage. We have fun on stage. And we always say as well is that if we're having fun, then half the battle is done with the audience, you know? so. Like yeah. we, if, if we're having fun, an audience generally watching is having fun. It translates. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that enjoyment. But the move, like like for example, Lee 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 is a professional dancer. Lee can do ten split leaps and, in a row. Andy choreographed it, so oh, I never I can't, me, no, I've got I two did. left I, feet. I did, I did some of it. I did some yeah. of it. And so Lee Lee's obviously for me personally as well. Trying to try, trying to dance and sing at the same time sometimes can be difficult, but uh, it, again that's just all it's rehearsal. Your belly and tapping your head it is. It, it is. For me anyway. I think I think as well with the choreography, like we don't want that to to um, over be more important than than the vocal. Yes. So um, is it, there's a saying that I I quite like is um, don't you, with regards to dance don't make it big make it important, if that makes sense. So you know instead of doing a, a triple pirouette for example when you could just do a step turn step but that everybody can do that looks neat yeah. and it's about being precise yes that's right neat. you know you're only as good as your weakest link rob right yeah, absolutely <laughs> that's right there'll be no pointing here boys <laughs> <laughs> so i found myself wondering as i was watching the show the other night if any of you are pursuing outside music interests as well if we have any songwriters or or sort of anybody's performing a different type of music. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I gig with my acoustic guitar and I, I write and stuff. Yeah. Um, which is nice because uh, you know I, I get paid for it again and, and and people can hear some some of my music. So that's always nice. And it's always personal to you as well. From you know if, if you write. So yeah, it's, it's, that's nice. Um, again, I'm, I'm sorry. It's quite a long story, but um, I also I like those. I also I'm quite I'm lucky enough that I write pop music for Polish pop stars I know that sounds very strange <laughs> and ridiculous but um, I my housemate at home is uh, very famous in the Polish pop world uh, teenage teenage girl fans and and, and it, it, that kind of era of the Justin Bieber era um, 
and we, we I wrote a song for him. We went over to perform it at a festival in Poland, and a label basically came to me and said, "Who wrote this song?" And I said, "Me." And they said, "We'll have it. We'll buy it." Wow. And so I so they said, "I said, all right." But I made a deal with them, and basically they're going to buy it for their their huge superstar over there, Sylvia Shibish, who is a big, big superstar. And she she took it, she bought it, and I made a deal that I said, you can have it as long as David, my housemate, can duet with you on it, so that when you release it, he's still attached to the song. And they did, and we reached Christmas number 14 in the Polish wow. charts. <laughs> so that's a, a completely different branch of what I do as well, because now I'm attached to that label that over there, my music label in Poland, and if ever they, they have a variety of different acts and if they need a song written in Polish, in English mm -hmm. and they want to release a track in English, they'll ring me and say, can I have a ballad in English that Jeremy can sing or Arta can sing and, and I'll write it, send it over. If they don't like it, they don't like it. But majority of the time I, I, get, I get the gig and send it over and they I'm take it. I'm Polish now. Yeah. yeah. And with me and you're going to be number one. That's right. But, but uh, I've been lucky enough to, to, to go over there and sing to arenas. Mm -hmm. because wow. be, I, I, I did Warsaw Arena in front of 12,000 people uh -huh. singing my song wow. and having, and, and, and having 12,000 people sing my song back. It, it was just the most unbelievable experience I've, I've ever had. As much as this life is, is amazing and performing and all that, the fact people know your song is, is just a phenomenon. It, it, just one, one last thing, there was a, a friend of ours came over from Russia, she was in the Moscow Ballet, and she came over from New Year, and uh, she, she came over, we, played, we had a gig that evening, I played piano, so I was playing piano for David, we sang the song, and she'd heard it, she said, that's, that's in, on Russian radio. And she said she heard it in the cab and all that, and it's on Russian radio over there. And you, you forget, you just forget how far it goes because, well, I'm just living my life doing this, you know. And songs are all over the place, and it's just lovely to know that that's there as well. Yeah. So it's amazing. Wow. So it's you never know where things will go. Oh, that's no. that is a beautiful story. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. How about you guys? You're fully focused on the. Yeah. On no, no, me, I, I, um. I'm one of the, the the few boys in in the group who I've I've stopped auditioning for shows. I'm I'm focused on on what this is at the moment, and and I'm really enjoying it. Like I, I did, I wasn't I wasn't sure how much I would enjoy uh, playing myself on stage, if that makes sense. That's a that's a really strange yeah. thing, and a lot of a lot of our actor mates who are in shows they they struggle with that. They the, the, that could be the best actor in the world on stage, and you like you are got so much character, you've got so much of this. And you put them on stage and say, right, now just talk and be yourself. And they, they crumble. So, and I wasn't sure if I could do that. And I, when I realized, realized that I was okay at it, I thought, yeah, I like this. And, and also, like, I reeled off some of my CV earlier. I'm, I don't need to do that anymore. Like, I, I'm quite, I quite like being in charge of my own destiny, if that makes sense, and not, I'm not relying on a casting director or a director to decide that I'm good enough when I think what I do is, is enough, you know? I... <laughs> um, well, I, no, I, I still so I still work as an actor. I've just I just finished um, five months in Germany playing the lead in Jekyll and Hyde, and but I'm very much like I do like to have 
the character to hide behind you know I, I love that I love that you know ex experience a different sort of psychological mindset and it is different it, it, you know especially because if you haven't the way that we work you know we said at the beginning boys coming out and if you haven't you know like last year I, I worked consistently for a whole year doing lots of different lots of different um, plays and shows and uh, coming back it is it is a bit frightening to come back and, and there isn't something to, to hide behind and it, and it is you it's very, quite a vulnerable place to be but um, but it's it's just as fun and, and just as rewarding doing this uh, sort of stuff it's yeah it's a blast and, and there are three other boys next to you so if at some point you are like uh, uh, feeling a little bit trapped like a rabbit in headlights you can look around and then their, their smiles will get you through and yeah it's good yeah no, we don't. <laughs> we don't smile at you. No, they don't we say, they what are you doing, they John? Revel in, they, revel, they revel in it. We, they? We're looking at you shaking our head going, I can't take it. I don't know it either, mate. Well, from somebody sitting five rows back, it just totally works. It's a, it is a thing of beauty. And, uh, and watching the interplay, seeing your characters and how you are four individuals and and it, it all comes across and it's completely engaging and I absolutely loved it. Yeah, come to Canada, we'll... Uh, love to, love to. <laughs> love to. <laughs> Somebody out um, there listening will. So, so you've been asking us questions all this mm -hmm. interview. We've got a question for you. Who is your favourite? Who is your favourite? <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking, I'm joking. I was just about to answer. <laughs> well, you're all incredibly talented, so I couldn't even begin. <laughs> so I am just going to throw this out there. We didn't give you any time to prep, but the show is called Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. Um, a lot of times somebody will come up with a punchline for me at the end. I don't expect that at this late date. But is there, is there a funny story or something that kind of typically happens to you guys when you are, when you are touring? I would love to hear a little... Uh, I've, got, I've got a funny story from, from Les Mis, actually. Oh, yeah. So when I was in it, things happen where in every show that we forget our lines. And uh, there's a great scene where Valjean and Javert are having a fight in the middle of the show. And the character Valjean sings, I am warning you, Javert, I'm a stronger man by far. There is power in me, yet my race is not yet won. And uh, one particular evening, the guy completely blanked, forgot his lines, and ended up singing, I am standing over here. You are standing <laughs> over there. I am standing over here, and you're still over there. And that's one of my favourite lamers uh, anecdotes. Yeah, it was it was, it was brilliant. This class happened with us on. I mean, I'm sure there's been loads. I mean, Brad's left his passport at home once. Oh yeah, we've had we've had boys. Yeah, stuck was, in England. We were we were he, we got to the airport and he left his passport and. We we all flew without him. We had to do the show. Just three of us, not four of us. It was it was only a welcome aboard. Uh -huh. But we had to do three numbers and just on stage going. There and we made sure we like put that fourth mic there, <laughs> put the fourth mic there. And we were like, ladies and gentlemen, I, I know that there's a fourth mic there, uh, but um, he forgot his passport. So he'll be he will be here for the show in two or three days. There was an experience um, on the uh, Norwegian cruise line on the getaway i think it was right. and we believe it or not we were doing oh, our yeah. we were doing our ninth show of the week oh, because no, we'd gone down so well that they just kept adding adding <laughs> adding shows so by the ninth show we were like i don't i don't quite know what which set we're doing which shot song we're doing yeah and Blake, we came to bring him home now bring him home we, we make a lovely speech um 
yeah. about how how the uh, soldiers and all that are protecting our, us at the moment. Yeah, we, dedi- we dedicated, we dedicated to, to the troops, essentially. And Lee was doing the speech. It was all lovely. Got the round of applause. And Lee went, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. This is One Day More. Bring him home. Bring him home. <laughs> so really, like, he'd got the wrong song completely. But then the whole crowd just... Turned into Erupted, hysterics yeah. for some reason, and it, we were literally just like, "I'm so sorry." But I think it was just that I was. You know, it, it's the one moment that you're you're being sincere. You're like <laughs> honest, and we would like to dedicate this to them that they're they're, they're fighting and they're you know so that we can enjoy these these beautiful moments like this. Um, so this is 100 percent for them. This is one day more. And then uh, uh, the wrong song. Yeah, yeah. Bring, bring him home. Bring, bring him home. home. Bring him home. Sorry, sorry. So yeah. uh, that was. But, we don't generally get a lot of mistakes, do we? Not really. No. I mean, I think we've been doing it enough now that we we kind of know, we know where we're at with it. I mean, there are, I mean, sure, probably every single show there's a thing <laughs> yeah. that will come off and go, oh, you buggered that up or <laughs> something, you know. Yeah. But um, no, we, I think we're in, in quite a decent shape at the minute. Yeah. And for people who want to hear more of your music, is there some place, do they have to just book a ticket and get on a ship, or is there some place online where they can... uh, I think it's uh, just barricadeboys.com. You can find us on Twitter, at barricadeboys, on Instagram, at barricadeboys, Facebook, at barricadeboys. Find us through there, and just keep up to date with... um, anything that that's going on yeah. like we, i know we, we want to we're it's all we're posted doing, on there we're doing an american tour at some point next year and then we've got another uk tour planned uh soon um we do a lot of theater gigs around around the country you know as well as doing the ships as well so um yeah if you just get on get online search us out and um it'll all be on there perfect well i totally look forward to the next time i encounter you guys on the high seas or wherever else it Absolutely. might be thank so thank you Tom, i really enjoyed it yeah, yeah I, I, this is sweet. this has been really fun i uh yeah loved the show loved having a chance thank to you. talk with you guys thank yeah you. thanks thank cheers, You've been listening to Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. I'm your host artist, Carol McQuaid. For full show notes and all the links, head to twoartistswalkintoabar.com. If you liked the episode, remember to subscribe, sign up for updates, and leave us a review. And if you loved the episode, head to twoartistswalkintoabar.com and buy us our next round. Cheers. <laughs>